Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Shulluk. Shulisten, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Shulluk. Shulisten. 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 Oh, sure, look at Benjamin. What a treat it is to be back in the Shomra Bug, the little tiny room to record another podcast. We don't have time, though, to reflect on how much of a treat our lives are because we've got loads of things to cover this week. Not only, but including another race-baiting controversy. Benjamin, you have, you're delighted to be talking about this because you've got some very strong opinions. Also... On that same topic, Miles Morales is coming to live action, which I'm sure you also have strong opinions on. Benjamin, we've also got some trailers. We've seen Hidden Strike, old men martial arts comedies. It's about time. It's about time they came back. And speaking of martial arts comedies, we've also had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, the full trailer, and the full and exciting and mysterious trailer for Black Mirror Season 6. What even is it? Listen, Michael, if that wasn't enough, I've been to the cinema this week. You? Me, and I've seen something before you. What is this reverse world? I know. Michael, I went to see Across the Spider-Verse this weekend. So this week we'll be taking a look at that brand spanking new movie. And we'll be taking a look at what even is, what even is, Michael, the 2099 universe in Marvel? What is it? How does that work? What's the deal? Um, And who the hell is is Miguel? Who is he? Is 2099 just 2099 ice creams? Yes, it's it's 2099 ice creams, Michael. Oh, the sticky goodness. They'll be melted before you even get back to the house. I don't know why I said I'd take your order. Very good. Benjamin, before we get into any of that, though, let's ask the beautiful listeners that if they're listening to this, in fact, that they hop up on Spotify or Acast or whatever their blooming podcast provider of choice is and give us an old review. Because I tell you what, apparently it helps. Uh, So give us an old... (laughs) It's an old five-finger review there. We'll take all the help we can get, Michael. Every last yeah, drop. Yeah, yeah. Every last drop of help you have to spare, just chuck it into us. Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of getting help, <laughs> one of your on. favourite topics one of your favourite topics on the podcast is race bait casting. Because you've got some very strong opinions on it. I actually don't, Michael. How dare you? <laughs> so, Michael, <laughs> the the most shocking news that I discovered this week, yes. Michael, is that How what to is Train it? Your Dragons is getting a live adaptation. Great. Can't wait to see it. I hope they get Jay Baruchel, old Jay Baruchel, <laughs> playing a teenage boy. That's what I want. I want Hiccup played by original voice actor Jay Baruchel. That's what I want. Just going... Oh, guys, geez, I don't know what Jay Baruchel sounds like, I've realised after starting this sentence. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're not a million miles off. You just have to go a bit more nasal and a bit more squeaky on occasion. But you're you're pretty close. You're pretty close, Michael. So, How to Train Your Dragon is getting a live-action adaptation, which I'm fairly certain nobody asked for. I'm Someone asked for it. Someone must have asked for it, Ben. It, ChatGPT maybe got a hold of an executive <laughs> and said, Here, how about... How about yeah. How to Train Your Dragons? Oh, those make money. Those make money. But with real people. Ooh. Oh, real people. Yeah. And then the executive probably asked something like, where do we get real dragons? And they went, no, 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 no. CGI. 
Oh, CGI dragons, real people, including the actor, I assume, Jay Baruchel. Including a de-aged Jay Baruchel. <laughs> That's funny, though, isn't it? Because you could just do that and de-age him, but then is it live action anymore? Or is it just CGI animation based on him? Michael, these are the questions that keep me awake at night. Yeah, like that that was the one that you were, I remember you were tossing and turning in your sleep saying, the live action Lion King isn't really live action. It's just more realistic animation. That's all it is. It's That's a shot for it shot. It's, <laughs> it's shot it's for still shot. It's just animation. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Ben, the big excitement about this is that they've recast young blonde girl Astrid with young mixed-race actress, what's her name? Nico Parker. Nico Parker, daughter of Tandy Newton, a Nepo baby supreme, last seen on The Last of Us, <laughs> episodes one and two, as Sarah. Oh. Sarah We're all your trigger warnings here, Ben. Nepo Sarah babies, race-baiting, casting, this is great. Well, Nepo babies I genuinely kind of don't like, but um, the race-baiting stuff doesn't bother me in the slightest. Now, Michael, naturally... The internet had nothing to say about this. Yeah, the internet did, kept quiet. Did, did what the internet does better, Michael, and it just it just buttoned its lip. Just went, mm, mm. Yeah. The internet was raised by my mother, and my mother told the internet when it was growing up, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah. And the internet said, what good advice? What, what solid advice? Perhaps I'll follow it and lead a productive life filled with meaning and joie. Uh, but unfortunately, now, Michael... Ben. Yes, we're fucking messing. They didn't do that. The internet didn't do that. The internet had a shit fit. So, Michael, we've already started, okay? We've already started with, I'm not a racist, right? But Vikings can't be black. So we, we've we've started with that, okay? That's, that's that, that was our opening oh, yeah. gambit. And then it gets worse from there. It's a slippery slope of racism and sodgy, sodgy boys. Just stay off the slippery slope, Ben. I tell you what, it must be a pretty rough time to be a young blonde actress in Hollywood. You're going, whoa, what are, what are they going to, what scraps are they going to leave for me? What, what scraps at the dinner table? What, what characters are so repulsive that they're not going to recast them? Wow, it's getting so a young, attractive blonde woman can't get a drop of work in this town, said can't nobody. Can't a drop of work, the, the only roles I can get are young female Nazis. That's it, that's all they'll give me, I'm, I'm. I have my fingers crossed for a Sound of Music remake. An animated Sound Very of Music cool. remake using CGI. Ben, I'm kind of looking forward to when they re- they make a they make a World War II movie and they recast Hitler as black. And it's like, it's fine. Yeah, that's grand. That, that, that's what we call full circle, Michael. That's what we call full circle. That's Michael, we're, we're being facetious. It, this is such a non-starter for a children's TV oh show about dragons. I forgot that uh, I forgot that indigenous gentleman um, Taika Waititi did play Hitler. He did. That's already and been done, Michael. It. And I, I did. We're like living, it. In, the yeah. in, the living in the future. We're living in the future. We're living in the future, Ben. It's mad shit. We're living in the future, Michael. Look, this is such a non-starter. I think the most insulting thing about this for me is that they're even bothering to make a live-action version of it. I know this is this is an interesting one, Michael. This is a gap in me because I, I was a Disney kid growing up, but this is for the generation just below. Myself, this is how to train your dragon was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, Ben. I consider everyone below me, so I don't really know what you mean by direct generation below you. Uh, the, the next one, the Gen Zers. Oh, very good. Yes, I have that same gap around the Grinch. Yeah. So yeah. So that was a big hit for my generation, but you just missed it. 
I just missed it, Ben. I have no interest in it whatsoever. I was too busy being frightened of girls when it came out. Yeah, but see, that, that'll take up a lot of your time, Michael. Um, too busy being fr- <laughs> too busy <laughs> too busy being frightened by girls would have been a great name for this podcast. Um, yes, very good name for the podcast. Anyway, Ben, look, yes. listen, we're not going to see it. I'm not going to see it. Are you going to see it? I have no interest in it unless Michael they de-age Jay Baruchel and uh, bloody oh, what's the name of the dragon? The actual scary night fury Toothless. dragon, Toothless, and Toothless is played by a de-aged Harrison Ford. Oh, very good, yeah. And Jay Baruchel's I- going, Oh, I don't know what I want to sound like. It's something like this, I guess. <laughs> Shut up, kid. Oh, oh, don't transfer me into the mirror dimension, sorcerer Nicolas Cage, I swear. I forgot that movie existed. That movie exists. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. so from one uh, race controversy to an old race controversy, Michael. Oh, what uh, are the best ones? Marvel kind of confused people earlier in the week, Michael, by releasing a poster of the lads from the live-action Spider-Man movies. Bloody... The, the latest, Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and everybody's noted pain in the arse, Tobey Maguire. Not a, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have nothing against him. Not a great guy, apparently. Not a great guy. Uh, but anyway, Michael, come here to me. And everybody went, what? What is it? Those characters aren't in... Across the Spider-Verse. And everyone was like, oh, we're going to see them in this one. And oh, they're definitely going to pop up. But they released it with a poster of Miles as well. And of course, later in the week, Michael, we find out that Miles Morales is coming to live action. We'll bring him along. Get out of here. I haven't heard this. How have I not heard this? Uh, it was only announced yesterday or the day before. Maybe my ear isn't to the spider web as yours is. Yeah, so we're, he's officially coming to live action, Michael. We have no further details. Excuse me, that was very unprofessional <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> very sorry. Just the idea of mixed race characters has upset Ben so much that his body's rebelling against him. It's given me indigestion, ladies and gentlemen. So he's coming to live action. We've no more details other than that, Michael. But that'll be fun. That'll be interesting to see who they cast. I wonder, I wonder will a young blonde actress be cast? As Miles Morales. That would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, if they just cast that, if they cast Wednesday's roommate from from oh. the Wednesday Adams show. She would make a good Gwen, in fairness. She would make a good Gwen in terms of physical appearance. But we have just said that physical appearance doesn't really matter. I think if you were to push it, she could probably still get Hainley Steinfeld. You you could probably no, get... She's ah, like, come on now. De-age? She's just Hainley de-age Steinfeld must be touching 30. Just de-age Just de just do it animated. Just, just, just do, do it funky animated. Just do it. What if we? What if we, Michael, just did it animated and broke all the rules and kind of made a sleeper hit? What if we did that? Then it would just be into the Spider Verse, Ben. Oh, and yeah. we saw that five oh, years we, ago. We've already seen that, Michael. Speaking of things, Haley Steinfeld was in it. She was. She was. Michael, speaking of things that nobody asked to be made, um, Hidden Strike. We got a trailer for Hidden Strike. This week. Absolutely gas, Benjamin. It looks like Jackie Chan has been de-aged, but I just think he's ageless. I think he's just an ageless being, Michael, who feeds on the careers mm. of Western action stars. <laughs> like <laughs> a vampire. Them all up. Take that, Chris Tucker. Take that, Chris Tucker. Um, yeah, so this is Hidden Strike, uh, which is Vin Diesel and Mad Max had a baby and Chris Tucker was busy. Yeah, yeah. Ben, one of my favourite things about this trailer is that it's set in a post-apocalyptic fuel war nightmare world. Yeah. But it's only a little bit post-apocalyptic. 
It's only a little bit. We've still got it. It's, it looks like we've still got the Suez Canal, Michael. There's there's a scene yeah. with, with a big tanker. <laughs> so it looks like things are mostly the same, just yeah. a little bit post-apocalyptic. And a lot of lads live in the desert for some reason. Uh, you know, yeah, because they're mad survivalists. So, Michael, this stars Jackie Chan and John Cena. The combo that somebody must have been waiting for. ChatGPT has a lot to answer for, Michael. There's an executive somewhere <laughs> and he's just plugging ChatGPT for ideas. He's just fed it the script to hundreds of action movies that did well in the 90s. And it's going, oh, get John Cena and Jackie Chan to be in a film about a fuel shortage. And that'll be good. Mm. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? I can't wait. Yeah. So it, it looks mental. First of all, Jackie Chan, very old at this point, Michael. <laughs> How old is Jackie Chan, Ben? He must know. be I'll close have, to 100. I'll have a, well, it must be close to 162, Michael. But he's only he's only 10, thanks to his career of vampiring on younger <laughs> Western action stars. And yeah. landing on things and breaking his hips. Surely he's not doing a flip in this, is he? He must have had six hip replacements now. It's very, very painful. Yeah, I, he's still going, Michael, but it's very strange. Um, he's 69 years old, Michael. Jesus H. Christ. But given all the broken bones and hips, he must feel about 77 odd. Yeah, yeah, probably. Very, very painful. Looks grand. Michael, this looks like the most A-list cast in the most B-list movie of all time. It's got Jackie Chan. It's got Jackie Chan. It's got John Cena. But you can't see him in the trailer, unfortunately. It's very awkward. Yeah, he's invisible. Um, I, I can't think. Is that that's it? Is it? Who else? That's, is it? that's pretty much all that we got to see of of the thing. There's that <laughs> English actor they cast to play a baddie in lots of things. I think he was the bad guy in the Transporter. I think he's the bad guy in this. He was a bad guy in Game of Thrones. I'm I'm looking him up now. Was there? Yeah, 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 yeah. We got a we got a little glimpse of him. Who, I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, well, you'll know who I'm talking about in two seconds now. Um, I don't know who you're talking about. I think it's it's Pilo Azebek and uh, never once heard of him Ben he's going to be he was in Ghost in the Shell he was in Overlord he was in Game of Thrones as Euron Greyjoy um, he was in Uncharted oh he's not English he's Danish he's Danish yeah no I got that wrong sorry to uh, he's Danishman he's as Danish as the day is long yeah well, anyway he's in he's it he's best mates with um, he's best mates with um, Jamie Lannister yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, Nicholas, people are flipping. Trucks are flipping. Trucks Jackie are flipping. Flip. Uh, there's, there's a definite Mad Max scene. Nicholas Holt is going to pop out going, Oh, what a lovely day! At one point. Oh, bloody heck. Witness oh. bloody well me, why don't you? It'll be, Oh, what a pleasant 12-hour cycle in the bright. Um, just so mm. we don't get copyright infringement. But, uh, yeah, look. A very weird movie that I wasn't expecting. Mm, a little bit generic, but something which is the exact opposite, something which is not generic, something which is dripping in style and uniqueness and excitement, Benjamin, is the full trailer for Teenage Mutant Mayhem Trailer Turtles. Yeah. I was trying to read and ad-lib there at the same time. Very good. Well. It shouldn't do both. You can't do both skills at the same time. It's not your fault. The human mind's not built to ad-lib and do other things. No. What are you doing? What are you looking up? I'm looking up the fly's name in bloody... Uh, Teenage Mutant Baxter Stockman, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, could have asked you that live in the pod. Would have done us a favour. Anyway, we got the full <laughs> trailer, Michael, for Seth Rogen produced TMNT Mutant Mayhem. We kindly, finally have a, a better idea of what's going on. The four young turtles, Michael, they want to grow up. They want to 
They want to grow up. They want to get a girlfriend. Yes, they're pulling an aerial, Michael. They wonder what life's like up there. Where all the people go. Did you see uh, The Little Mermaid, Ben? Uh, I didn't, no. Um, I'm a noted racist, Michael, and refused. Oh, I did forget that briefly. Uh, Not doing great, actually. Surprisingly. Uh, Or not surprisingly. Uh, Not because Mm. of the recasting, but traditionally the live action stuff, not great. Not great, but does great. Oh, okay. doing great. Is it having a bit of a Mulan moment, is it? It's having a bit of a Mulan. I think... I think there might be something to be said for it. it might be something to do with the racism because the ones where they don't switch the race of the cast do great in America and great overseas. Ah. And then the ones that aren't featuring the original don't do great overseas. And I don't know ah. if it's I don't know if it's America pushing the boat too far on American identity and people not international audiences not being interested. I've I don't think it's backlash. Yeah, it's probably not backlash. I've I've heard a few different theories on this, and you know the the classic thing of um, cause is not correlation, or, or correlation isn't cause. You know that one better than I do. What is it? Don't uh, confuse it is, something for I'm, I'm correlation. Try, I'm trying to think of something witty, Ben. I can't think of anything, Ben. But back to turtles. Oh, okay. This. Actually, funnily enough, because we're on the topic of race baiting, there's a lot of there's a lot of racial code switching in this, which probably won't draw as much ire because it's hidden in animation. Yeah. What do you mean by that? I'm not trying to imply it's sinister. Well, um, obviously, April O'Neil has been racially recast. Yes. Oh, I'm sure someone out there is spitting. Oh, uh, people are upset about April for sure. But the turtles are also... What we would have called in the nineties considerably more urban. Yeah, well, I, I think, I think, yeah, I, I think without shadow of a doubt, Michael, there there are some black turtles in there. Yeah, and the new the villain who we got to meet in this trailer, the street fly. What's he called? The Baxter Stockman fly, Superfly, Superfly. Uh, super I don't know if he is Baxter Stockman because Baxter Stockman was traditionally the nerdiest of nerdy white lab technicians. Hmm. Maybe and now maybe, this guy seems to be some sort of urban street man. Maybe they're changing it up, Michael. They are changing it up, Ben. Significantly. What are you looking up? I'm looking what up the looking up? lads I who just... played the different turtles. Let me look my stuff up. I can, but all I'm seeing is the top of your head. And it's a very nice top of my head. Look, your... look, how, look how good my hair You've... is. It's that. not even thinning in the slightest. You're no, obviously it not isn't. under anywhere near enough I could, stress. I could possibly pull a car with my hair. Yeah, yeah, look at it. It's so thick and very facing. strong. Very strong, Michael. But come here to me. Like, two of the... Yes, what is it? Uh, well, actually, no, only one... No, two of the lads uh, doing the voices are black. Um, yeah. But I, I... Yeah, I don't know. They're turtles. Can we... We can't really assign a race to turtles, can we? But you're right, it's coded. So, I don't know. Yeah. So uh, That's a term I learned from you, Ben. Well, that's what it is, Michael. It's coded. It's a good term, isn't it? Um, it's very handy mm. for very handy for criticism. Uh, we got a look at the villain. The villain seems to quote classic nineties hip hop lyrics, which is nice. Um, Interesting. Yep. He'd always fun. fun. Such a huge cast, Michael. Go on. Huge. Bloody John Cena, Ice Cube, bloody uh, Jackie Chan is in this as well. I thought Jackie Chan was dead. Um, he's not. He's no, he's two... not. He was in. Uh, 
Are John Cena and Jackie Chan both in this as well? Yeah, yeah. Is that the theme of this week's episode? Yeah, J- John Cena and Jackie Chan. <laughs> I didn't know they were both in this. That's How bizarre. I still think that this is the most exciting looking trailer of this year. Oh yeah, no, it just looks fun, doesn't it? It just looks like it's going to be a good time. Yeah, it does. It looks like it has a bit of the Into the Spider-Verse vibe. It has a bit of high school vibe. It has, yeah, it looks fun, high energy, interesting animation style. Animation style looked a little bit different to my eye. A little bit more claymation-y this time. I I think what we're probably going to see in the next couple of years, Michael, undoubtedly because of the unrivaled success of Into the Spider-Verse and more than likely across the Spider-Verse, but I'll get to that later, we're going to see a very hybrid animation style going forward in kind of action-packed animation movies. That kinetic, uh, flipping across styles kind of vibe, unbelievably popular it's and it's funny enough you could probably run it through a theory of attention span but having a constantly shifting animation style that is very kinetic and vibrant and stuff keeps you engaged your brain is constantly trying to register the new style so it keeps you stimulated but mm, i'm not sure i'm not sure about that pen because that could then that could very easily edge over into overwhelming and hard to look at well, i think i think this is a reaction to the last 15 years of every animated movie looking exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, the the I think that's what it is really. It's like we can't make another identical flipping animated movie. Well, that's that's very much what Disney got into the habit of from Frozen onwards. Um we got six or seven films post Frozen that were animated films that were just the Frozen art style with different characters. Um uh. Was Frozen the first? Was Tangled not before Frozen? Oh, Tangled was, you're right. Yeah, But Frozen took it even a step further, Michael, in toning down the kind of madness of it. There was still a little bit of of flair and vividness to Tangled, but it, it really started being cookie cutter from Tangled onwards. I think you're probably spot on the money there. To the point of to the point of they even though they were super expensive and super lush and super highly detailed, they looked like a cheap thing that someone could make for their own YouTube channel. Yeah. It, um, not in terms of quality, but in terms of style. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, just standard Disney style drawings that you could just kind of... But DreamWorks were at it too. And luckily, luckily there's been a move away from it. I think the three most notable biggest moves away from it have been Into the Spider-Verse, which was nearly five years ago. Yeah, it's mad. Doesn't feel Incredible. five years ago. No, it really doesn't. Um, but Into the Spider-Verse, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem looks like it's going to be, it's going mm. to have a style to it. And the other one recently, which surprised me and caught a lot of people off guard, was Puss in Boots. Yeah, there's another one to add to that as well. Mitchell's versus the Machines on Netflix. Um, very what is that? experimental. It's about a family that takes on the robot apocalypse. An Apple-style oh, robot yeah. ap- apocalypse. Very enjoyable film on Netflix now. You can go check it out. Uh, but Puss in Boots was also excellent and um, probably has breathed life into the Shrek franchise. I know we're getting more Shrek soon, um, but I'd certainly be up for seeing more Shrek in a different animation style. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's kind of interesting, but I would say that the, the starting point for that was Into the Spider-Verse, where... Mm. I suppose companies like Disney who'd grown very comfortable rested on their laurels, if you will, um, 
probably said, oh, okay, well, we, we're probably going to have to shake things up then and, and compete. It's it's funny because it, that can all be traced back to a single short film, Michael, called Paperman. I don't know if you remember Paperman. I don't. Tell me about it quickly. Paperman was a... Quickly, a, Ben, a, I'm a sh- impatient. <laughs> Paperman, wonderful Michael, was a film... I want to hear all about it. uh, A short film that used 3D modelling but overlaid it with strokes, like a traditionally animated thing, like hand line gestures and things like that. Um, And they used a brand new technology to pioneer it. And then they made it open source um, to let other people try it out. And that's exactly what led to something like Into the Spider-Verse. It's that uh, 3D modelled under a base coat combined with vivid strokes and the the quirks of human animation that people were kind of missing at that point. So it's kind of interesting. You know, it's a chicken and egg situation. Mm, one of my mm. favorite films, um, Little Little Chicken. Little, little Chicken, good stuff. Um, the guy's falling down. I'm a little chicken, here comes the sky. What was that one called? Uh, it's called Chicken Little. Chicken Little. Chicken Little. Chicken so you're, little. you're pretty close. You're pretty close. Annoyingly close, I would say. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael, from there to to an old classic, given a new lick of paint. Michael, we got a trailer for Black Mirror Season 6, otherwise known as 2024. 2024, the movie. 2024, the movie. Black Mirror, Michael, no longer holds the terrifying, oh, what if? It's just like, oh, yeah, no, that happened on Tuesday. You're a bit late. That that happened last (laughs) week, just after Bison had come to my village and killed my parents. Ben... (laughs) Yeah. One of the most interesting things I that was a little Street Fighter Two joke for you. To me, one of the most it's a interesting thing. Yes, yes. One of, one of the most interesting things, or maybe the most interesting thing about this, was that they're just flat out advertising this season as five new movies. Yep, they were like five films. That's what it is. Don't get it twisted. We're calling it a season, but we're being silly. It's five movies. Yes. <laughs> It's not a TV show anymore, it's movies now. What's movies, what's TV shows? You'll never tell the difference again. You're living in a black mirror. Uh, what's that, British actors? No, we've gone Hollywood. There's a lot of Americans in this one, Michael. Yes. They've heaped the Americans Aaron on. Paul. Aaron Paul, Michael. Josh Hartnett. Bloody Josh Annie. Hartnett. Germany's own Zazie Beats. Zazie Beats. Zazie Beats is in everything good, isn't she? And some bad stuff too. Nah, never, never been a bad thing with Zazie Beats in it. Um, Has there not? No, never. Um, that's why she gets all the jobs, Michael. Notably, never oh, in anything okay. bad. And uh, ChatGPT oh, yeah, okay. has mistaken that for her, as opposed to the production as a whole. You know, um, very good. She was in Deadpool too. Remember? Uh, she was actually. She was actually. Also five years ago. Also for ah, oh, Michael. What are we doing? Let's just call it here, will we? We've done this for long enough. We've done this for long enough. Five years ago. Yeah. Um, Annie Murphy's in this as well, Michael. Salma Hayek is in this. Loads of people in this. It's very hard to tell. We can't really tell what's going on. No, no, As always. This is Charlie Brooker, noted Englishman and writer Charlie Brooker. And he's written them all, which I, I'm encouraged by. I'm I'm slightly encouraged by that as well, Michael. Um, he had a nice quote on it where he said, it, basically, he approached this as upending um, things. So uh, I've always felt that Black Mirror should feature stories that are entirely distinct from one another and keep surprising people and myself or else what's the point? It should be a series that can't be easily defined and can keep reinventing itself. So that's what he said. Um mm 
in thing. And this one, he said, um, not every episode of the new season will be exactly what you're expecting, partly as a challenge and partly to keep things fresh for both me and the viewer. Uh, I began this season mm. by deliberately upending some of my own core assumptions about what to expect. So he's... Uh, like, for example, it's a TV show. Is it now a TV show? No, it's just it's just five films. Five handy-dandy films. films for for Netflix. Um, there's, a, there's a few riffs on... Uh, there seems to be a bit more Kafka-esque work going on here, Michael. And what I mean by that is... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. What, I, what I mean by that is, Michael, in the original seasons of Black Mirror, it was always a case of kind of technology going too far and then bringing out humanity's twisted innard. Um, your yeah. your bloody like when you fuck that pig. Yeah, you should be fucking pigs, Michael. Um, and so kind of a Isaac Asimov, Arthur Clarke gig, where it was like, oh, this technology has made monsters of us all, oh, mm. and that that whole thing. But this one, Michael, seems to be what would happen if a completely absurd thing happened and ruined your life, and you had no control over it whatsoever, but it was still perfectly mundane to everybody else. In the style, fantastic. In the style of that first one, Joan is awful. Uh, so it seems to be that yeah. a, that a maybe a not very nice woman, or maybe a perfectly average woman, gets turned into a Netflix show by Salma Hayek. <laughs> it must be very difficult for Charlie Brooker to be like, "What's an evil corporation that churns out entertainment with very little shallow thing?" And the executive in the room goes, "Oh, that's us." Mr. Brooker, That's you, us, can, yeah. you can just use us and we won't charge you for the logo. And he's like, oh, great. And at the same time, he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, dear. Are we the baddies? Oh, am I the baddie? Oh, have I gone full circle? Um, well, you did order us to uh, recast all the black movies with blonde actresses and de-age them. So maybe. Yeah, well, he was worried <laughs> that the blonde actresses were starving. Oh, somebody please think a, of the blonde actresses. There's just a... There's a ghetto under a bridge in Los Angeles <laughs> where there's just like blonde 20-year-old actresses going, I haven't been cast in anything since 1997. Yeah. So we're also getting a weird, is it in space? Is it in an office? With Josh Hartnett and Aaron yeah. Paul by the looks of things. We're getting a, a, a true crime riff by the looks of things, Michael. We're mm. getting a little bit of a, I'm making a documentary about a serial killer in Wales. Oh no, there's actually a serial killer in Wales. I should have seen it coming. Oh, he's coming right at me. Ben. Yeah. I think the most exciting thing about the whole Blummin' trailer, though, was the little one second flash of brought to you by Red Mirror. Oh, what could it be? Um, Michael, I didn't know what it could be. And you made a very good point before we came on air. Make it again there so I can riff on it. It's that we don't know what it is. That's the whole point. That's the whole is it, um, point. That's the whole point. Is it Black Mirror's new exploitation slasher style imprint subgenre? It looks to be a little bit of a Jallo flick, Michael. Oh, Ernesto Jallo, the winemaker. Yes, Ernesto Jallo, the winemaker, Michael. That's exactly, that's exactly what I was referencing there. Well played, you. Um <laughs> No, Michael, Jallo refers to the Italian kind of super 70s um, gore, slasher, psychological horror, sexploitation. It's an entire genre in Italian cinema called Jallo, Michael. And it was the basis for many of the 80s American slashers that you see in life. Mm, Suspiria. Suspiria, yes, is famously a direct remake of one of the greatest Jallo hits of all time. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, What's going on is probably witches. 
it, it's probably a little bit of a riff as well, Michael. Given the success of uh, Ty... Oh, I'm going to get his name wrong. Pearl. You remember Pearl? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. X. Pearl and X. There is a huge wave of genre-specific parodies that are still serious coming out at the moment where we take 70s aesthetics, 80s aesthetics, and apply them to our horror films. So it looks to be a good, solid riff on that. Or is it, Michael? We don't know. Or is it? We don't know. Grindhouse. Is it Grindhouse? Is it exploitation cinema? We don't know. But look, aren't we only excited to find out? Now you listen here, right? If you're if you're after what typing in Black Mirror season six on YouTube Shorts, yeah, and you're sitting there saying to yourself, "Oh, these lads are so fucking wrong." Did they even watch Black Mirror season six? Yes, we're watching it now alongside you. We recorded this on the fifth of June, twenty twenty three. Yeah, fuck. It's called a trailer <laughs> ben, prediction. Ben is still very upset about his trailer prediction of beef, aka the most wrong a man has ever been about anything. Have you never heard of preempting a series with predictions? Yeah, fucking fuck. That is for the one one <laughs> percent of listeners who are going to write yeah. a comment. Still write your comment. Have a go at me, because it's great for us. It actually does boost engagement. Yeah, good engagement. Yeah, it's great. Mm. So if you could just keep going, but just remember not a fuck with. I'm not even going to chop this into a real Michael. I don't know why I'm doing it. It's for my own vindication. I'm not going to put it in. This is Ben's own personal Idaho. Ben, speaking of your own personal Idaho, yeah. you went to see Across the Spider-Verse, but without me. I did, yeah, I did. Michael, we, we, have, a, we have a WhatsApp group, you and I. Um, yeah, yeah. And that WhatsApp group is, is also known as the Wednesday Night Cinema Club, Uh where you yeah, yeah. Sa- haven't been to the cinema on Wednesday in five years. It hasn't happened in a long time. Uh, yourself, good friend of the podcast, Shane, good friend of the podcast, Jim, and to myself, often go to see a film, sometimes with our lady friends, Michael, sometimes. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Michael, yeah. you stuck it up there the other day when you found out uh, with me that uh, it, into the, Across the Spider-Verse was out that very Friday. And you said, well, we go. And I, you said, well, I can do Monday afternoon. And I said I could do Monday afternoon. And then I never heard from him again, ladies and gentlemen. But I don't, I don't think that... I don't, All right, we're just going to air the dirty laundry on air, are we? <laughs> I don't think that that necessitated a response. If I say I can do Monday afternoon, and then you say I can do Monday afternoon, then you don't go see it on Saturday, you son of a bitch. And then we never talked about it again. Ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen this week across the spider-verse the the much awaited sequel i can actually say that with a clean conscience this time michael it was a much awaited sequel uh to the hit the hit nearly five years ago film into the spider-verse came out this week and i went to see it and ooh ooh it was fucking great Uh, oh great now, Benjamin. Yeah. Are you going to give us some thoughts and feelings spoiler free and then maybe go into a little bit of a spoiler section? I'll go into a little. Okay. So, yeah, that's exactly how we're going to play this, Michael. I'm going to be as spoiler free as possible and I'm going to rank it on three categories and I'm going to give you the categories up front, Michael, so that I keep myself honest. I'm okay. Gonna- we're going to change the way we do reviews. Great. Everyone I need the to, Michael. Because otherwise I won't get it done. First of all. Okay. Let's take a look at Spider-Verse as a sequel. Okay, Across right, the Spider-Verse okay. as a sequel. Across the Spider-Verse as a Spider-Man film. And then Across the Spider-Verse yeah. 
as a film on its own merit. Let's do it that way. Okay, three separate aspects. Yeah, just to keep me honest, Michael, because otherwise I'll forget. Yeah. And you, Michael, are a noted pedant and will keep me on track. Yes, like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah, exactly, Michael. People love threes. People love threes. Yeah. So, Michael, this was, in in the first aspect as a sequel, phenomenal. Um, It's such a worthy successor to Into the Spider-Verse. It's a joy to watch, and it's even better than the first. It's rare, Michael, and we've touched on it once or twice. It's rare for a sequel to outdo its originator. But in this case, I genuinely believe that it's outdone itself. Uh, it is a very, very strong film. And it does that in a couple of different ways, Michael. Primarily, it doesn't lean too heavily on what made the first one so successful. Um, we get to see our favourite characters again. Miles, obviously, being the centre of attention. Uh, we get to see Gwen again. We get to see Peter B. Parker, who's played by the actor who plays Nick Miller, whose name escapes me at the moment. Jake Johnson. Thank you very much. Jake Johnson is back. Uh, and we, we get a, we get a little, we get all the, the beautiful glimpses of what made the first film great. But one of the things that really impressed me is they kind of carry on the story automatically, Michael, without dwelling too much on the previous film. One of the things I hate most about most sequels is the character usually has a huge kind of dilemma from the previous film morally where they're like did i do the right thing did i win it doesn't work like that for miles miles has proven himself in the last film and that confidence carries over into this film and we see a brand new miles um not not a brand new miles but we see that kind of honed miles morales spider-man in action in the first couple of sequences and it's a joy michael Oh, very good. Not a brand new one, though. It's the same fella. It's the same Miles Morales, but he's grown up a bit, Michael. He's taller. Several characters remark on it, as is fitting for a young man. Um, But come here. It's just, it's lovely to see his Spider-Man doing his thing around New York. It's still very much a Brooklyn Spider-Man. And we can see him kind of coming into his own and he's really excelled. But the best part is, Michael, he makes mistakes. There's still errors. They've kept that kind of wonderful accident-prone characterization that they took from the first one, but now it's accident-prone with a much quicker recovery time and confidence yeah. that he'll sort it out. It's very, very good. It's The animation remains, Michael, the star of the show. The character designs, the interactions, the voice acting, phenomenal. They all just blend so fluidly together. It's a world so filled with life. I can't get enough of it, Michael. Except they poured even more on. Michael... It's no spoiler to say that the trailers have shown us that we get more Spider-Mans than we could shake a stick at. So many Spider-Mans. And Michael, each and every one of them is fucking phenomenal. Great. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for a dud. I was watching the film and I was like, they can't all have a funny, witty joke. They can't all be perfectly timed. They can't. They are. They just lash out these Spider-Men and there's not a single one wasted. They all serve a function. There is no gratuitous use of them that doesn't propel the plot a little bit more. And it's magic. I don't know what storyboarding genius came up and said, let's use every single one of these Spider-Men as a mechanic for the story as opposed to a throwaway bit. Very good. It was probably ChatGPT. And I'm sure, probably, and I'm sure Kevin Feige was in the room going, hang on, hang on, 
that's a tried and tested formula. You can use as many bits as you want that don't propel the story. That's fine. It's like, yeah, but, but Kevin, what if we kept it funny, but allowed it to push the story? Kevin was just like, oh, I don't know about that. Fucking, if you want to make it hard. We, we kind of stopped doing that. We stopped doing that about 10 years ago we stopped, in our defense. We haven't done that in quite a while. We haven't done that in quite yeah, a while. Yeah, that's a bit old-fashioned thinking. Um, but it works. It works wonderfully well. Um, some of the highlights... Um, well, I'll go. I'll save that for spoilers. We'll, we'll get into that. One of the okay. one of the big wins of this, Michael, is Miguel O'Hara. He is an absolute menace in this film. He is terrifying. There is a real threat uh, in Miguel O'Hara or Spider Man twenty ninety nine. He's phenomenally voice acted. His character design is awe inspiring. The way he moves is wonderful, and his mission in this is fantastic we we get hints of it in the trailer michael you know as to why he's the one fixing the multiverse and why it's his mission mm. and so on and so forth but for the first time michael it, it's such a driven mission and it, it it's such an interesting character push i i genuinely thought it was a stunning sequel um, very very good yeah genuinely just phenomenal as a spider-man film it's the best representation of Spider-Man that I've seen on film. With that being said, it can only pull that off because of all the things that have come before. Right, right, right. So if you're just exposed to this straight away, like the Flash is going to attempt to do. Wasted. Straight over your head. This is a film that is very much expecting its audience to have some knowledge, not complete knowledge, of Spider-Man cinematic history. Okay, everyone does though. Yeah, everyone does. It's you can't you can't walk down the street, Michael, without Tom Holland's face being blasted at you. Yeah, just little English fellas doing American accents and doing a flip. That's what they do. That's how they cast Spider-Man these days. And one of the things I love is that you know people were constantly giving out about Miles Morales when he was launched as a character, and it was you know oh he's a he's a token character and oh he's a pointless character and you know oh this is woke madness and diversity gone wrong and blah blah blah. But for the first time, Michael, they actually leverage that in this story to to really drive home the fact that Miles Morales is a very unique Spider-Man, um, and over the course of the film, that becomes a it is his difference as a Spider-Man that becomes the center focus as a plot of the film. And it in that mm. is a huge examination of Spider-Man and his history. And it's fantastic. Um, we get some really deep cuts from classic Spider-Man lore as well. So we've seen in the trailer The Spot. You saw The Spot? Um, oh, yeah. In the yeah. trailer. He's got, he's, he's, yeah portal man he was a ridiculous kind of throwaway character from the fantastic animated series back in the 90s michael um, and yeah. and he was de- he was designed kind of as a, a villain of the week or a two-piece villain and he's voiced by jason Schwartzman in this michael which is a which is just fantastic i've always wanted a neurotic super villain voiced by jason Schwartzman, and i got it in this film it was wonderful very good stuff very exciting ben yeah is he more different than miguel o'hara <laughs> yeah yeah, he is. So, is he? Uh, Miguel O'Hara, uh, we, we can come to that in a few different ways, but one of the things that I find really interesting about this, Michael, is um, he, this is very much, this film is very much about Miles 
defining his own path. So in, in the first film, what we get is Peter B. Parker attempting to help this young man be Spider-Man. Yes. And all that that entails. And in the first film, one of the points was, this is how it has to work. If you want to be Spider-Man, this is what you have to do. And mm. Miles took that on board as a young apprentice because he felt this huge responsibility and had to live up to expectation. And he gave it a go. In this he still wants to be Spider-Man, but he has come to the realization that if a million people are telling him what he should be, it's not going to work. And what we find is Miles striking out on his own path throughout the film. Now, that's that's without any spoilers. We hear it in the trailer, Michael, when he says, you know, mm. I'm, I'm going to do it my own way. And he comes up with his own thing. The deep cuts that we get in this, the different Spider-Man that we meet from across the multiverse, phenomenal. Um, the spider buggy is in it at one point. Good. Excellent. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll get in a little bit more on that. I don't want to spoil anything for people because it's it's such an enjoyable film to go and watch just for the amount of Easter eggs that you'll get hooked at you from as, as you go Benjamin, along. that sounds very, um, it sounds very Gen Z. Oh, it is. It, it's without a doubt Gen Z, Michael, but it's probably the best use of appealing to gen z humor that i've ever seen in a film it's i was really blown away by this and i i honestly thought that what we'd see is a little bit i I was expecting a thor love and thunder-esque resting on laurels where i don't think thor love and thunder rested on his laurels thor love and thunder got drunk on its own success well i i I think yeah we could probably look at it that way i was expecting perhaps a replay of that but this is, as far as sequels go, as a movie in its own right, Michael, a phenomenal movie experience. The storytelling is as tight as you could get it. The characterization is so solid. The interplay between those characters is absolute magic. And it's so driven. So driven. Um, and it's a relentlessly engaging pace of a film like you don't get bored there's not a wasted second as only animation can do because animators aren't going to animate anything that's a, a waste they're they're going to keep uh, it tight well uh, <laughs> these animators these animators don't seem to want to animate these anything animators. very good benjamin um, yeah benjamin so magic yeah who even is this Miguel O'Hara guy, though? Yeah. Uh, so, Miguel O'Hara is Spider-Man 2099, Michael. And you, you kind of hinted at it there when you said that, you know, is he is he so different from Miguel O'Hara? Very different to Miguel O'Hara. Miguel O'Hara is... I, I have read, in anticipation of this episode, Michael, uh, issues 1 to 14 of the original series that Spider-Man 2099 got. Um, Before you get started, Benjamin, why don't we have a look at this week's poll? Oh, we didn't have a look at the poll, Michael. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Michael, hang you on. you close down your notion, you might want to use your notion. Michael, hang on till oh. I get my poll. Hold on. You just get your poll up there, Ben. Hold on, Michael. Let me get my poll up. Sometimes I have trouble getting my poll up, Michael, because, yes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard. Um, I just get distracted. Guilt. I get distracted. The guilt. I get distracted, Michael. Of the guilt of seeing Spider-Man 2099 without me. Yeah, I can never really get my poll up when I have to think about Michael. It's... Really unfortunate. <laughs> really unfortunate. Um, oh, good, I got my poll up. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, Michael, this week... Um, yes, this week, poll with two L's, of course, ladies and gentlemen. Um, oh, yeah. 
This week, Michael, I asked, what's the best future version of a character? This is, this is humbling. Michael, for, for myself. I asked, uh, number one option was Cosmic Ghost Rider. Um, mm-hmm. That's Frank Castle in the future. Um, yeah, yeah. Batman yeah. Beyond, an absolute classic, Michael. Yes. Spider-Man 2099. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Maestro Hulk. Maestro Hulk. I, I pronounce that Maestro, yeah. Maestro, yes. Maestro. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very good. And Michael... Spider-Man 29, I thought was going to clinch it, but Batman Beyond ran away with it with 57% of the vote. i tell you what, though, Ben. Yeah. The most exciting thing about this was you might as well have just put Batman and Spider-Man up because no one else got a single vote. I should have just put up Batman Beyond and Spider-Man 2099, which are essentially the same character, Michael. They're they're roughly adjacent to each other um, in a few different ways. But yeah, uh, Spider-Man 29 came second. Maestro Hulk got absolute zero and Cosmic Ghost Rider got Bupkis. <laughs> Bupkis, ladies and gentlemen. Ben, my personal favourite is Frey. Frey from? Because it, it was too obscure. Frey is from Buffy. Frey is the the far future remaining slayer in the Buffy comic universe. She still, does she still fight a demon? Well, she's the first slayer who's been called for generations. Oh, what happened to the slayers, Michael? Yeah, very exciting. I love a, I love a future post-apocalyptic world. But yeah, you're right. Um... Batman Beyond and Spider-Man 2099 do share a lot of similarities. The 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 biggest difference between them is that the Spider-Man 2099 doesn't have any Peter Parker lineage. Not at all. He's not a direct uh, connection at all to him. So within the world of 2099, Michael, they often refer to what's called the heroic age. And mm. the heroic age is our Marvel. But essentially, yes. it's the Captain America, the Iron well, Mans, the Thors, the Spider-Mans. You know, it's them. It was 90s Marvel. 90s Marvel at that time, because it, yeah, I suppose it had to be. And over time, Michael, uh, in 2099, the world has essentially become a corporate hellscape. Oh, good. Like 2024. Like 2024, Michael. It's just 2024. And in this world, Michael, Alchemex, who is the, the central research laboratory of the Spider-Verse movies, funnily enough, is the the focus of the the kind of major... It's the Oscorp of 2099. It's called Alchemex. But way more all-encompassing. All it's the yeah. villain of every series, basically. Yes. In this one, the villain is capitalism. Yes, really, genuinely, not just us exaggerating. Capitalism is the baddies. Yeah. Ben. Yeah. We we should talk a little bit about where this came from, this 2020, 2099 thing came from, because I think it's a fascinating kind of little side story about Marvel's repeated efforts to create a new universe for themselves. Yeah, well, go on. Well, it was the late 80s, Ben. Mm. And the Marvel comic universe was getting a bit bloated and a bit and a bit hard to jump into. Yeah, you couldn't just Which pick up an issue. Feels feels ridiculous now that that was something that Marvel were worried about in 1986. Yes. 25 years. Marvel was 25 years old at that stage. More time has passed between then and now oh, don't, than don't there was me, between... Exactly. Marvel was only 25, Ben. Mm. So even when they were 25, they were like, we need to do... We need to do a different universe outside of our convoluted main universe that new readers can get into. So they created a new universe called, very interestingly, the New Universe. (laughs) Handy. 
And the new universe only lasted a couple of years. Um, and it was completely and utterly separate from the main line. Some of the characters from it, are you? Is this you're giving me a look of? I've never heard of this. No, no. Some I, of the I'm, characters I'm from fascinated. it. Fascinated. Some of the characters from it turned up in later mainstream universes. Probably the most impactful is the Star Brand. Oh yeah, 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 who yeah. Who obviously? Yeah. yeah, the Star Brand was a new universe <clears throat> character. So the new universe was a whole separate universe from Marvel. Right. None of their main characters. None of the new whole new imprint. Jim Shooter, I think, was responsible. And then. A few years later, they tried it again. Of course they did. And they tried it again by saying, rather than just doing a completely new universe and having to try to get new readers on board with that, why don't we do a future universe where some of the characters and concepts and themes are the same, but new un- new readers can just jump straight in? Yeah. And they said, great, when will we set it? We'll set it deep into the far future of 2099. (laughs) And it's funny because the the, the 2099, the Marvel 2099, was the kind of the middle child of three attempts Marvel made at this. Mm. Because after they wrapped up the 2099 series a few years later and incorporated one or two of the more successful and popular characters, they did it again. With the ultimate universe. Which, funnily enough, Michael, to come full circle, is where we got Miles Morales from. Which is, that's kind of my parallel here, that each each of the two universes which had Spider-Man in them. Interestingly, the 2099 universe, the first comic was Spider-Man 2099, and the ultimate universe, the first comic was Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. And both of those universes ended up being collapsed in on themselves in a massive universal crossover event, which nobody really cared for. Mm. But, funnily enough, the most popular thing that survived out of both of those universes... Spider-Man's. ...was a variation of a multi-ethnic Spider-Man. Yep, it works well, Michael. It works well. There's an undeniable sauce in it. Who in the heck is this Miguel guy? Yeah, so who the hell is Miguel, Michael? Miguel O'Hara is the son of an Irish father and a Latina mother. Ah, oh, grand bunch of lads. Is he not Mexican? Is he not just flat-out yeah, Mexican? Yeah, just flat-out flat Mexican. Flat-out Mexican. Very Mexican mum, Irish dad. Miguel for a first name. O'Hara for a second. Um, and in the first one, Michael, he's an absolute prick. In the first issue of... Of... Spider-Man 2099. He's an absolute shill, Michael. He's a super scientist. Yeah. Uh, a la Reed Richards, a la Peter Parker, I suppose, a la bloody Tony Stark. Tony Stark. Except, Michael, he works for Alchemex and he's only too happy to take their dough. Ah, oh, those brave capitalists in Alchemex. Those brave capitalists in Alchemex. So what happens is, Michael, uh, he's pushed to try human testing too soon. On a new mm. super soldier. It's it's a super soldier program by any other name, Michael. Um, it, they, basically, what's happening is corporate espionage is such a standard part of business in the 2099 universe that Alchemex is looking at building the next generation information thief for corporate mm. espionage. That's, that's what they're doing. Yep. Send them in. And so Miguel O'Hara... Is is tasked with creating the next generation of basically super powered meta people to take part in this. And his theory, Michael, 
is that he should use Spider-Man because Spider-Man can wall crawl. Spider-Man is stealthy. Spider-Man has the proportionate strength of spiders and he maintains a human physique. So he believes that Spider-Man, for the pure purposes of plot, is the ideal person to do this. That makes sense because otherwise he wouldn't be Spider-Man 1999. Otherwise he wouldn't be that. Now, the only thing is, Michael, he won't human test and the, the evil CEO of Alchemex at the time, Michael, forces him into human testing. That test goes horribly wrong. And as they so often do. As they so often do, Michael, because it isn't, we're not ready, you can't do it, and so on and so forth, and those those classic lines. And Miguel is ridden with guilt, riddled with guilt, if you use English language correctly. And uh, mm. he's riddled with guilt, and he quits on the spot, Michael. But dun, 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 his CEO invites what him up it? for a drink, Michael, a farewell drink. And what does he do, Michael? No, don't drink it. He slips, drink it, Miguel. he slips the popular recreational drug Rapture into the drink, Michael. Uh-oh. And Rapture's like heroin on steroids. Um, <laughs> Rapture bonds with your DNA, Michael, and turns you into an oh, addict no. overnight. And oh, no. it just so happens that the only legal manufacturer of Rapture in this universe is... The Terrell Corporation. The Terrell Corporation, otherwise known as Alchemex. Oh, Alchemex. And so... It's Wayland yutani Exactly. In desperation, Michael, um, Miguel O'Hara turns to experimenting on himself to rid himself of the drug reliance and to enhance himself. But Michael, as he puts himself in the machine, he's only going to use enough of his Spider-Man program to eradicate the dependency on the drug. Because Miguel O'Hara likes Mm. his cushy life. He's happy. Yeah. He just wants to get rid of the dependence. He's not going to tell your man from Alchemex that he got rid of the dependency. He's going to keep taking the drug as if he needs it. And he's just going to leave if things get really bad. But unfortunately, he is the subject of quite a bit of professional jealousy from the other super scientists because he's smarter and he's got a big mouth, Michael. He's got a big, he slags them. He shouldn't do that. Mm. And he's played by Oscar Isaac. He's pretty much, pretty much. And then what happens is, Michael, while he's in the machine, another scientist messes with him to teach him a lesson. That'll teach that smart mouth kid. And he pushes everything to a thousand percent. And Miguel O'Hara comes out of the machine as Spider-Man 2099. Spider-Man 2099. He's got organic web shooters and fangs. Yeah. So there's a, there's a few fun kind of things in this. Um, so Aaron Delgado is the man who transforms him into the thing. And then he goes, it, it has that classic kind of 90s where the character will show you their thought process and thought bubbles that we don't see anymore. Oh, yeah. uh, where he's like, mm. my God, the experiment worked. How is he still standing? God damn it, O'Hara. And he's so annoyed in his own head. And he goes to touch him and he turns him around. Oh, he's a big vampire boy. Oogly boogly. And he's got talents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. he's got a dose of the Morbius he's got a dose of the Morbius pretty much Michael um, and then over the next couple of issues it becomes Miguel O'Hara finding his feet becoming his own hero but not for the same reasons that our Spider-Man did over the course of the next few issues Michael Miguel O'Hara runs into the dreadful socio-economic conditions of Nueva York which is New York in the Benjamin, future what has happened to his feet have they detached off from him Yes. So there's a, there's a few different... <laughs> there's a few... <laughs> Was that part of the transformation? Not quite, Michael. Not quite. He's like, oh my God, my feet are gone. This Spider-Man, Michael, is very different 
from the Spider-Man yes. that we have. Number one, he has organic webbing. Okay. Before the Tobey Maguire movie. Before the Tobey Maguire movie. Number two, he is able to cling to surfaces with his talons. So in the traditional Spider-Man fashion, he has little kind of feelers that kind of come out of his skin and retract into his ben, skin at different points ben, for wall crawling. Ben, yes. Ben. If there's one thing you should never try to do, it's explain why Spider-Man can stick to walls. Okay. Just don't do it. All right. Don't do it, because it doesn't make sense. In this, Michael, he has little talons that he can hook into the wall and climb with. And there's a few humorous moments in the first couple of issues where he's not sure how to retract them. So he keeps tearing people's clothes by mistake. He keeps tearing his own clothes by mistake, etc., etc. Classic creeper. So his Spider-Man costume is actually a Diaz de los Muertos costume that he wore in Mexico. And because he was out partying so hard, Michael, he knew it was going to be an intense festival. So he got his costume made out of unstable molecules, a la Reed Richards and the Fantastic Four, for partying. It is 2099. It is 2099. It is 2099. He has active invisibility. What's that mean? So he can switch invisibility on and off at will. Um, that doesn't come oh, until yeah. later though it's definitely not in the first few issues um, he has poisonous fangs Michael Miguel O'Hara has fangs we, we see that a little bit in, in the trailer for Across the Universe and he doesn't have a spider sense oh that's probably more good for telling stories it's probably better for telling stories because people can get the drop on him no bother as opposed to get the drop on him when they need to tell the story yeah uh, oh fuck I forgot he had a spider sense oh fuck yeah I forgot nobody can sneak up on Spider-Man um, and you yeah. can't how did Star-Lord surprise him in Infinity War yeah also <laughs> why does he not realise when people are te- are lying to him a la bloody fucking Mysterio in the thing where he's like oh no you're not sorry my spider sense is going fucking crazy and you're a big dirty yeah, yeah. liar yeah uh, like real spiders can tell that like you just go come here I'm just going to put you outside and they're like oh sound and then you crush them in your hands because you're a monster like Michael. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the, the 2099, arguably, Michael, a much cooler Spider-Man. The costume is very cool. He uses, um, he has kind of webbing all over him. He uses it to glide around the place when things go wrong. Um, and over the course of his run, he becomes kind of a socioeconomic warrior, Michael. And his violence increases as they go along. Miguel O'Hara is a much more violent Spider-Man than the one that we've got. He has no problem using the talents to slit a throat for example, um, mm. if he feels it's, if he deems it necessary. And all of that kind of went into the characterization of the new uh, version of Miguel O'Hara that we got in Across the Spider-Verse. But more than that, Michael, it spawned a host of 2099 titles um, because it did quite well initially. People were mad for bloody future Spider-Man and we got quite a few little titles out of that. Yeah, including one of the weirdest ones, Doom 2099. Yeah, so Doom is mentioned, is is kind of name-dropped almost immediately within the 2020... Sorry, within the 2099 universe because our spy in Latveria has been compromised is is what someone on the Alchemex board says. And Latveria is famously... Uh, that and then it cuts to a sequence of Doom watching the exploits of Spider Man twenty ninety nine on whatever the hollow screen is for that particular decade, 
and he says, my God, he's back at the same time as me. So we're led to believe that the Doom of 2099 is original Doom. It's Victor Von Doom. He is. Yeah, yeah, we're not led to believe. He flat out is. He flat out is so in, that. In the do- he is. In the Doom 2099 comic, Victor Von Doom, our, our times Victor Von Doom, or 90s Victor Von Doom, travels through time to 2099. And he arrives and he goes, oh... This capitalism's a lot of wank. Yep. I'm going to retake over Latveria and I'm going to be sound because I might be a baddie, Victor Von Doom, because I'm a mad royalist. But if there's one thing better than royalism, one thing worse than royalism, <laughs> it's rampant capitalism. Rampant capitalism. No good. Michael, the older you get, that's how you know you're getting old. Every once in a while, Victor Von Doom will say something and you go, oh, maybe, maybe. Maybe he's right there. Maybe, but maybe read classic. Fuck off. Uh, hmm? <laughs> in classic comic book tradition, Ben, he flip flops backwards and forwards throughout the history of the 2099 series, and they don't know what to do with him. Whatever, whatever the story needs, Michael. Whatever the story needs, yeah. that's what we get. Yeah. Um, Is he the goody? Is he the baddie? I don't know. He looks cool though. So yeah, Marvel kind of continued this this push, Michael, and because it was a little bit more, a little bit more punk. A little bit more aggressive, a little bit more ultra violent. Um, they kind of stuck with a roster of characters that would probably be more akin to Marvel Knights, um, than what we might expect cool. from a, a relaunched universe. So we got a, we got Ghost Rider 2099. Oh yeah. And that was Zero Cochrane was the name of that character. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Jake Gallows. No, Jake Gallows was the Punisher. Oh, Ghost Rider. Sorry, Ghost the, Rider. Yeah. My, my apologies, Ben. Go, yeah, yeah, Ghost sorry. Rider is That's Zero Punisher. Cochran. Um, and he's a Cybertech 101 robot, Michael. Um, oh, yeah. And he has a stealth system. And he has solid... It possesses a solid gram clamophage system that would allow him to mimic the appearance of an individual. Um, and I don't he, know what, how, what way you just pronounced camouflage there. Camouflage. Camouflage. Um, <laughs> so that was him. And then, Michael, as you rightly pointed out, we got the Punisher, who was Jake Gallows. Uh, Jake Gallows, the greatest name in comic book history. Yeah, and he was a member of the Public Eye Police Force, which is essentially the NYPD, if it was a fascist organization, otherwise known as what it is. Way! Oh, hey oh, Got him. <laughs> Got him, Michael. Uh, <laughs> uh, fucking got him. But yeah, so he becomes the Punisher, Michael. He's part of the public eye, and then he becomes the Punisher, and he deals with them. He's got big guns, both he has. muscularly and also bloody weapons-wise. Um, and then the other one that we got... Some controversy this week. Go on, sorry. Go on, go on. I was just saying there's some controversy this week about Marvel uh, killing off the Punisher. I heard he's going to get his own TV show. I heard a, I heard a contrasting opinion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But in comics, Marvel are doing some weird shit in comics. Oh yeah, yeah. He killed off the Punisher and Miss Marvel. Yeah. So, um, do you want to do you want to go into this as an aside, very very quickly? No, no, because we're no, we're over time. That's a shame. So I think we're going to have we're to over time because that would have been good <laughs> because the the latest run of Spider Man is now deemed the worst in its history. Um. And s- oh, go on. some recent change. Yeah, so uh, the current run on Spider-Man is being written by a guy called Zeb Wells. Oh, yeah. And I think Zeb Wells might go down in history to a similar way to the man who made Cap into a Hydra agent. Um, oh, was that not Hickman? Uh, it could have been Hickman. I don't think it was Hickman, but it could have been Hickman. 
But Zeb Wells has written a bizarre Spider-Man story. Um, Mary Jane is out. She's married somebody else. She's had kids with somebody else. Peter Parker is a disaster. Um, there's all kinds of bizarre things happening in the current Spider-Man run. It is arguably the most hated Spider-Man run of the last 20 years. It's very, very interesting. And then the Punisher was the Beast of the Hand. He was the demonic agent of the Hand and became Lord of the Hand Clan. Oh. Um, and became oh. such a threat that the Avengers have had to take him down. Oh, I see. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. But the real reason is obviously that Marvel are trying to distance themselves from that Punisher iconography. Yeah, they're getting in a lot of trouble. He'll be back. He'll just be back in a mm. different form. And There's no way they're going to get rid of him completely. But uh, they've had to make a PR decision, Michael. As the lads would He'll say. be back, Benjamin, in the same way we're back next week. We'll be back next week. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of, there's a few different places you can find us and give us your opinion. You can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabeog.com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means Tony Room and Irish. does indeed. You can find us on Instagram at Listen Podcast. It means Listen in English. does indeed. You can find us on TikTok at Listen Podcast. Nothing to say about that. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, the best way to get in touch with either Michael or myself is to hop up on the Discord. Get up on it. Hop up on it, Ben. Uh, that's it for us, ladies the and gentlemen. The link is in the description. Uh, the two of us are probably going to go figure out when we can watch Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse again. Bye-bye. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so I'm going to go now. Now? This second? Now, I guess. <laughs> right. Goodbye, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Bye. Bye, everybody.